Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right. Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post, and bam, five sites to buy it from right here. Shut up! How did you... You shut it. Mom's coming. Cute outfit. Get me one. (laughs) (laughs) Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Upgrade now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Your hour of drive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of drive time. Thank you for joining me today. If this is your very first time, I want you to know that your hour that's about to be invested into this show is going to yield tremendous results. You will find out why in about 60 minutes from now. And those of you that are returning as my loyal listeners, today is going to be yet another example as why this show has become such a valuable part of your weekly thrive-minded activity yet again. Because today I am going to highlight authors that are brand new authors. Now, I've got a soft spot for authors. I'm an author now of 10 books. Actually, the 10th book is coming out soon. I'll make announcements on that before the show is over. But I've got a soft spot for authors because I know what it takes to write a book. I know what it is to have the courage to sit down and not only iron out a schedule that allows you to pen your thoughts, but to really have the courage and the faith to sit down Write out your journey or your message or your initiative or your product or service, whatever it is that the book has as an agenda, it takes courage and faith and discipline to do that. And then at the end of the day, you want your book to be read so that the effort that you invested in it can yield results for others. I know that very, very well. So today's show, we're going to feature new authors. It's the new author Spotlight Sunday. For those of us that are interested in hearing more about the journey of an author, not just from the inspirational part, but the messaging part. So we've got three fantastic Dallas-based authors, and I'm I'm in Dallas, folks, so I want to highlight and showcase some of the local talent here. But we've got three brand new authors that have written fantastic works that as I had a chance to meet them and meet them and read their material, I thought to myself, my audience needs to know what these incredible people are thinking, what their messaging is, and how they could bring your life thrive-minded value. So shortly, we're going to hear from three authors. Jeff Savage is the author of Savage Resistance. Now, listen, anybody who writes a book called Savage Resistance, uh, you got to have the brother on the show. (laughs) And we're just scratching the surface on, on his title there. But then we also have Joseph Roberts, who's written a tremendous piece called Blessings in the streets and it's a journey about it's a story about the journey of his life and the lessons that you could learn uh, that we can all glean and learn from his experiences because we all have a common undertone of experiences that the reality is if we pay attention to those experiences there's lessons in them joseph roberts is going to join us to talk about his book and then wrapping up our show is going to be the brand new author of the book i don't want to die like this Denise Castile has written a book that I think was going to impact you, influence you. It's going to give you instruction, but more importantly, it's going to inspire you to do the things that you need to do for your own well-being so that you can succeed and thrive.
survive in life and long, in the longevity of it, okay? And also keep an eye out for those who might be in a similar situation that you can help them extend the longevity of their life. So three distinct authors that are going to join us today, and I'm excited about bringing them to the uh, bringing them on air. But before we dive into my message for this morning, before we dive uh, into the rest of the show, I want you to know that if you're visiting for the first time and you're wondering, where has Jay Mamie been my whole life? <laughs> I mean, where has this man been hiding? I want you to know you don't have to fret. If you're interested in all of my prior episodes, we now have over 110 episodes, broadcasts uh, that have, I believe, each and every one brought a specialty, uh, a, a customized message that has allowed my audience to continue to thrive based on the feedback that I'm getting from many of my listeners now over the last two years. It's exciting to get that kind of feedback. Well, you don't have to delay. You can actually hop on to the Thrive, to the, the Show.com. There you'll find links to all of my broadcasts that are located on your favorite podcast platform. Just go to the podcast platform that you listen to often and go in there and look for the J. Mamie Talk Show. You're going to find the library of my prior broadcast, and you can binge away. And every time that you listen to a show, let me encourage you to have a notepad ready because you'll never know the knowledge bomb that's going to be dropped. That is going to hit you between the eyes, and it's going to be the exact same thing that you need to hear, the exact thing you need to hear for that moment based on your current life journey. So make sure you have a pen handy. I always say that learners are earners and note takers are money makers. And when you listen to these broadcasts on the podcast platform, you will find why it's helpful to have a pen and pen, a pen and pad handy when you listen to my prior broadcasts. But make sure that you visit my regular site, thejmamie.com, thejmamie.com. There you'll find my books, my blogs, my videos, all of my content. I often get asked by people by on LinkedIn and through Instagram, which are some of my handles that I encourage you to follow me on. They ask me, Jay, do you speak? And I'm a big-time keynote speaker, so I'm available. If you have an, an event where you are looking for what I have titled myself, the number one world's action tainer, if that's the kind of impactful speaker that you're looking to have in your program, then you go ahead and reach out to me at thejmamie.com, and I think you'll be happy that you have brought me on board to impact, influence, inspire, instruct, and improve the lives of those who attend your program. But as we wrap up our initial segment here and get ready to introduce these amazing brand new authors, I, I wanted to share with you something that caught my, it really hit me personally, and I thought I, this is probably something I should share with my audience because there's a lot of talk among those that are ambitious and driven and, and are, are really looking to create a world that, uh, that is a little better than, than the world they encounter, the world they're living in when they leave. And, and anyone who's really ambitious and thrive-minded at the end of the day, and that phrase at the end of the day irks me, but I don't know, it just came out now. <laughs> that uh, at the, I won't even say it. I won't say it. When it's all said and done, hey, that's the worst one. <laughs> When they get ready to click your light out, there you go, you're going to look back and ask yourself, what impact did I make while I was here? I mean, let's think about that for a minute. You're going to leave a footprint that lets the world know that you were here. That's why writing a book is so important because it will outlive you. Your message will outlive you. And for those of you who are thinking about writing a book, you go ahead and write the book. 
Find the resources, the coaches, and the classes to help you write a book effectively. But go ahead and pen your thoughts and your emotions and your lessons and your journey because it will be yet another way for you to leave a footprint here that you existed during this time and space reality. And that book, that message might find its way to someone and help them while they're here in this journey during this time and space reality. That's why the books that you write are so critical. Even if you think no one's going to read them, somebody somewhere someday will read it. You go ahead and write it. Okay. But I found, I found myself asking what is real fulfillment and how do you find fulfillment when you're running around trying to do so many things. And by the way, fulfillment doesn't have to be if you're super ambitious. Uh, I mean, you should be. You should be looking to become a better person uh, in the areas of life that matter most to you. But uh, So it could be as a parent, right? You could be a parent. You could be an, as a student. Finding fulfillment is an individual pursuit, and no one can tell you what fulfillment is but yourself. So a few years ago, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'm glad that it did because it clarified my journey. Everything I'd ever pursued was shrouded with a vague idea of why I was doing it. I mean, things like financial security, impact, influence, success, and and recognition is what I thought I was pursuing. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad those bricks had something to say about what I thought was a purposeful pursuit. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. There's nothing erroneous about chasing your dreams and everything that comes from attaining them. That's healthy, uh, as I was experiencing. However... You have to ask yourself, are these things really bringing you, as I asked myself, are they really bringing me a sense of fulfillment when I'm done with it, when it's all over? Is it, am I finding fulfillment? You see, you can achieve all the success you're pursuing, yet still feel like something is missing, like you've missed the, the mark. You've missed your true mark. And interestingly enough, you find that the success that you're achieving may only be in light of what others find successful yet you may feel very differently from that. I remember my business partner and mentor in the financial services industry, he's a very successful guy, seven-figure earner annually. He once asked me, Jay, why don't you just focus on increasing your, the success um, here in, in the industry that we're sharing together, the financial services industry, instead of doing all these other things that you're up to? He said, with all your talents, you can make millions year after year. And I told him, I could probably do that. You're right. But I wouldn't be happy because I wouldn't be fulfilled. I went on to tell him that I knew I was gifted with way more talents and abilities to impact and change lives in more ways than just in the financial services industry. And that all of the money and the success in the world would be meaningless if I never truly felt that I lived a fulfilled life. You might feel the same way today. You might be pursuing something that really doesn't fulfill you, but it, in the eyes of others, in the eyes of your environment, in the circle that you are hanging out with, it, it's fulfilling in their eyes, but maybe not in yours. Fulfillment is a personal thing, and everyone has their own journey, their own assignment, their own reason to pursue a path that brings them personal fulfillment. And it may not be what others think that path should be, but it's none of their daggone business. <laughs> so my friend, I don't think he understood, but that's okay. See, the journey is mine and it's no one else's. I encourage you, seek what you truly find fulfills you because that's the only thing that will matter in the end. Guys, we're just getting started. Fantastic show ahead. We'll be right back after the break.
Are you looking to build a dynamic workplace culture that keeps your employees not only retained, but also engaged and empowered to help your business thrive? Discover the secret that many companies in the community have already unlocked, Collin Corporate College. With hundreds of the highest quality, affordable educational programs available and customized to your desired business outcomes, your success is Collin Corporate College's business. Call them at 972-599-3110. That's 972-599-3110. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, launching our first author spotlight is Joseph Roberts. I mentioned early on, Joseph Roberts is the author of Blessing in the Streets. But not only is he an author, but he's a relationship strategist, the motivational speaker. I had a chance to hear him speak recently at an event that we shared. I was so inspired by his command and presence and messaging that I thought to myself, I need to speak to this brother about coming on the show. And lo and behold, tremendous value he holds. But he's also a leadership consultant, and we're celebrating the launching of his book. Again, Blessings in the Streets. Joseph Roberts, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, brother, it's a pleasure to have you. I want to dive right into your story. If you can share with our listeners your story before we dive into your book. Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was a teen mom, so she became pregnant with me at the age of 18. Um, she, of course, was also a single parent. My dad was not an active presence in my life, so mm-hmm. it was just me, mom, and my grandmother living in a two-bedroom apartment together. Money was tight. Um, I literally shared a bedroom with my mom, uh, one bed on one side, one on the other, until mm-hmm. I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Many of my friends didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in a working-class neighborhood, but it was not a neighborhood that was out that was without the 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 distractions such as the gang presence, right. drugs, um, right. theft, poor school systems, all of the negative images and, and influences that could be around you. So my mom had to figure out a way to, to help me navigate through that so I didn't get caught up in those pitfalls. And mm-hmm. there was three key things that she did to make sure that I was able to get through that, which was, of course, she set boundaries. So I'm a kid who came from the, the streetlight era where you had to be in when the lights came on. Mm-hmm. And she pushed my education as that was an important thing. So I had to in my books and then of course she also encouraged the presence of God in my life okay so those three factors together were essential in helping me to navigate my, my pathway so that I was able to avoid those pitfalls and in doing so I was able to complete elementary school and high school with high honors I mm. ultimately went on to college to earn my bachelor's degree in economics and Spanish from the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire all right I then uh, went to graduate school at Northwestern University where I earned my master's degree in education and social policy uh, and then in fast forwarding in 2013 is when I relocated to Dallas for my, my current, my work day job, mm-hmm. uh, which I've been working with the federal government now for close to 22 years. And I do, uh, leadership development and things of that sort that I, we, we talked about. Um, but, um, I started my business last year. Um, God plus one LLC mm-hmm. took a leap of faith on that. And the biggest project that came from that 
was my opportunity to launch my book, All right. uh, Blessings in the Streets. So that was released in January of this year. And um, I'm just happy where that's taken me and just trying to get forward, moving forward with my motivational speaking and just getting an opportunity to speak my voice and, and share with people my message. Well, you've got a strong message for sure, brother. By the way, is Mama Robert still alive? Uh, she is not. Okay. Yes. All right. Mama Robert, I'm sure she's very, very proud of her son. Very, very yes. proud of her son, brother. So you've got an interesting title here, but what inspired you to write the book? Uh, when I think about my inspiration for the book, there's, there's really three key things that kind of come to mind. Um, first off was my paying homage to my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom always wanted to write a book, and uh, but she didn't live to be able to do so. So when I decided to take that leap of faith and write the book myself, of course, quite naturally, she was in mind in mm-hmm. doing so. And of course, she plays an intro. Uh, integral part in the telling of my story. So Mm -hmm. it was first to pay homage to her. But then there was also that part of me that was inspired by the fact of wanting to help people who had difficult times dealing with difficult situations. So I wanted to be able to pour into people through my storytelling to to let people know that, hey, even though you might be going through some difficult challenges and things of that sort, you're not, first of all, you're not alone in that, in that effort, but there's an alternate way of being able to handle those situations. So where you can actually become a better person for it mm-hmm. in the end, in the long term, versus getting caught up and feeling like this is the end of your story. Okay. So I wanted to be able to be an inspiration and empowering to those individuals. And then the third thing was, is it was an opportunity for me to share my faith mm. in God. Um, I know that everybody is, you know, not on that same path with that. I mean, I'm a believer, I'm a man of faith, you know, but I wanted to do it in a unique way to where I didn't want to, you know, be preachy to people, right. you know, but actually right. meet them where they were mm-hmm. sharing the transparency of my experiences and my stories to where people of all backgrounds and, and beliefs can relate to that and mm-hmm. actually get some meaning and some impact out of what the stories that I had to share. So those were kind of my driving forces. And I felt like if I set, if I packaged it just the right way, I could be effective in that. And so far the feedback has proven to be just that. You know, it's, it's very clever. Um, Joseph, to be able to write a book where you can use your life as a, as a testimony of faith, right? And, mm-hmm. and really write a book that is, that it highlights your faith, but it's not proselytizing, right? right. It's not a faith-based book per se, but the book itself it is, is written with an element of faith. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's very clever because that's a, um, as, as new authors, and we're highlighting new authors in this segment, there's a challenge that they run into where they don't know what lane to stay in. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That makes <laughs> and, sense. And ultimately, they're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you don't know if you're reading a book about this, that, and the other. Um, so lots of, you know, lots of wisdom and your ability to write a book that has created for you a way to share your faith, but also apply lessons that anybody, anywhere, who may have had a difficult childhood could also recognize that, hey, there's a way out. Exactly. There's a way out. So let me ask you this. What reader would most benefit from reading this book because not every book is meant to be read right exactly i, I agree Who, with who's that. the best reader for this book um as as I, as I reflect on that question um there's a couple of people that kind of come to mind with this mm-hmm. um if you're somebody for example who if you're somebody for example who is struggling mm-hmm. um with d- making the, the proper discernment with healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships in life like picking the right people to be in your circle. Um, This book is for you because it's going to show you and and give you the blueprint of how to know who to stay away from in terms of that toxic negative energy versus Mm -hmm. who to stay with 
in terms of that encouraging and, mm. and, and that loving presence that you need in your life. So it's not about how many people it is as much as it being the right people in your life. And then, of course, I think about that person who, who is, again, just struggling with when they have difficult moments in their life. If you're that person who typically tends to freak out and panic every time something crazy comes your way, that storm comes down your path. Mm-hmm. This book is excellent for you to be able to understand that there's, a, again, a different approach that you can take to where you not only no longer have to panic and go to a hysteria or be in a depressing or despair state, but you can actually take those moments and leverage them in a way to where it becomes a, an actual growth moment for mm-hmm. you to be a better person mm-hmm. and to persevere. And actually, you start to get so good at it to where people won't even know that you've been through something unless you actually verbally told them. But yet you're learning how to better deal with and cope. It's not that you don't still have the same human emotion mm-hmm. about that initial reaction, but you don't get locked into it to where it, it becomes a, a place of where you get consumed by the storm. And then lastly, if you're that person who just simply says, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. All right. I want to have a different mindset in terms of my mental health awareness, just my overall self-care that I want to pour into myself in a way to where I'm a better me for me and for other people that mm-hmm. God has purposed for me to serve. This, again, is a good book for you to have that opportunity to just sort of reset your mind and say, I'm going to do things differently now. I'm going to have a a new look. It's something my stepdad used to say about practicing healthy selfishness, Mm. you know, where it's not about that you're neglecting people or or anything like that. It's about or you being selfish per se. But you're saying, you know what, I'm going to love myself enough to say I'm important and and that I need to to pour into me so that I can be properly of, of good service to other people. You know, you said something real key that you have to love yourself enough mm-hmm. um, and you can't give. I, I wrote a blog about a year ago that got a lot of positive response to it. But you just said brought that back to me where you cannot give to somebody what you are in short supply of. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, right. and, and, and I think about even what you mentioned uh, when you and I met mm-hmm. um, in, in your speech. You talked about that fatigue factor. Right. Um, and, and how you could be the smartest person, have all the gifts and things to offer in the world. But. If you're operating on an empty tank, then what good are you? It's a disservice to you. It's a disservice to the people that God has purposed you to serve. So you got to have to, you have to strike that balance and make sure that you're good so you can be good to other people. So, that's right. And this is what the book in, in, in essence helps you to get to that point. If that's a struggle for you. I want to talk about two things. Uh, number one, the title itself. Mm-hmm. Titles oftentimes reveal ex- uh, life experiences. Exactly. Um, and if someone who has never written a book, is thinking about writing a book. The, the best title is a title that can give people, uh, the, the, the potential reader, a quick insight as to what this author has experienced because they're writing about it, right? Exactly. So blessings in the street. Number one, how did you arrive at that title? But then give us one or two bl- actual blessings that you look back upon now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward, you you can look back and say, you know what, those times when this that and the other happened they were difficult but boy they were a blessing as i look back now so let's talk about that all right well the actual title blessings in the streets is actually a a phrase that my mother coined um she used to use this term as a way of describing god's favor on her life whenever she would in the midst of being out and about in the streets whether it's running to the store the mall or whatever um where she would be finding herself in situations where she would encounter total strangers who would, for whatever reason, be drawn to her in such a way where by the end of that encounter, they would bless her in some fashion or form. Mm -hmm. And so it became sort of a lifestyle thing that it would happen so frequently that 
it just became a natural part of who she was. So she would always say, hey, this is one of my blessings in the streets. Mm. This is one of my blessings in the streets. Mm. So one, the actual very first story that I even tell in the book was one of the last blessings in the street stories that my mother shared with me. And it, and it was just simply about her just going out to a restaurant with a relative of ours. She really didn't have the money to be going, but she went anyway. She was hungry. Didn't know how it was going to work out. Mm-hmm. She held a door open for a lady who was struggling getting a couple of kids through the door. And later on, as she's sitting at the table, this lady comes to her table and talks about how she was just not only thankful for just the kind gesture, but that it had been on her heart that she was just a blessed woman, that she was that God was looking out for her. And she was just pouring all of this stuff into my mom. And of course, my mom is a little thrown aback by it. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the conversation, after the showering of all the compliments and everything, and she says, oh, and by the way, your meal is taken care of. Wow. This is just me just wanting to just do that for you because you're a godly woman. Wow. And I just feel that in my spirit. Never met this woman before. All she did was hold the door open. Look at that. But just small things like that would just randomly happen throughout the course of my, my mother's life. And and if you had a chance to hang out with her, you might by default sometimes be the recipient of, of those right. blessings in the streets. That's and, right. and even in, in her passing, you know, even today, there are moments and encounters. I'll just use you, for example. You're a perfect example. You and I had a two-minute conversation when we met. That's right. I didn't know you. You didn't know mm-hmm. me. It was placed are. on your spirit yeah. to say, I need to talk to this. This was even before I got up to speak. Right. But it was on your heart to, to do that. That would have been a perfect example of what we would call a blessings in the street moment. And so it's just become a natural. It was a natural thing in her life. And it's something that I've carried on in my own life. And I don't take that lightly. I don't treat it as a lucky moment, but as God's favor. I love that. You're absolutely right. What are the chances that you and I both get invited to the same event? Uh, right. I mean, it, that alone, well, you know what? Let's not call it chances. Let's call it divine scheduling. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So where can people find your book? Um, if you go to my, uh, you can go to my webpage at uh, blessingsinthestreets.com to order it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can also go to my direct website at josephbroberts.com where you can not only order the book, but you can also find more about services that I offer in terms of motivational speaking mm-hmm. and other things of, of that nature. So either one of them will work. Well, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. I wish you much luck in changing the lives of others. And I encourage folks to go out there and pick up the book, Blessings in the Streets. is going to change your life. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. In Texas, we love our sports. And Parker University's Sports and Performance Clinic helps athletes of all skill levels recover from injury and advance their function and performance. Our collaborative and integrated team of doctors and specialists provides patient-centered service, taking athletes through each phase of recovery and return to sport training. This is athletic performance at its best. Visit us online at parkerstrength.com. Have you or someone you know ever had a grandparent or parent who didn't age well? Maybe they ended up with dementia or Alzheimer's or suffered through another disease that robbed them of quality of time with their family? It doesn't have to be this way. We all have the capability to age better and increase our health span. My name is Deepak Saini and I coach men and women like you to optimize your health so you can stay young and vibrant into your 70s, 80s and beyond. Contact me at DeepakSaniHealth.com to learn more and let me know you heard me on the Jay Mimi Show for a bonus gift. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. My second author here. I'm excited about Jeff Savage, and not only because of who Jeff Savage is, uh, but the title of his book. You know, there are certain times that a title tells a story, and there's a play on words, but there's also a message that you look at the title and you say, I've got to grab this book. 
And that's the case with Jeff Savage. He is the author of Savage Resilience, Conquer Adversity, and Be Your Own Hero. Now, that speaks to me, brother. But Jeff is not only the author, but he's also the talent director of Sync Lab Media. He's a voice actor at Jeff Savage VO. He's also an on-camera talent. He's a public speaker and uh, very sought-after, actually, voiceover uh, coach as well. Jeff Savage, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. It's a, great to be here, Jay. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Listen, we're going to dive into the goodness of what you do, but I got to say, you are yet another example of the power of networking. I always encourage my audience members that if you have the ability to network, to get out there and meet people, you have no idea what you're missing by not going out and meeting people because you came through someone who I know, Ruben, who I met at a networking event who recommended that you and I connect and here we are. Indeed. Yeah. And it's the power of just knowing somebody. You never know who they know, who they know, who they know. And and yes, this opened the door to this interview, and it's and fantastic. It's great, so, right? Yeah. It's great. So I encourage you guys to get out of the house and go network and meet some people. You never know what kind of relationships can develop from from that. But Jeff, before we dive into your book and everything else that you do, can you get us up to speed with a little bit of your story? Well, you know, Savage Resilience is really the, uh, it's, it's kind of the testimony of my life at this point. I grew up, um, you know, facing an adversity like it's fair to say everybody lives life facing adversity, but uh, when I was seven years old, my folks uh, split up. Uh, my mom remarried shortly thereafter, and I found myself in a completely new family structure where uh, we were moving around a lot. I was always the new kid at school. I was always trying to make new friends, but I was socially awkward. And mm. being uh, kind of moving around a lot, you you if you don't make a good first impression right away, you end up being bullied and teased, mm-hmm. and so. All throughout school and life, I kind of, you know, fell into that into that paradigm where I was bullied and, and what have you. Uh, this book really uh, kind of talks about how I went from being a zero to a hero. I uh, started running marathons. I run marathons all over the world. And I have identified that there are distinct correlations between what it takes to be successful in running a marathon to what it takes to be successful in life in general. And that all really stems from, you know, just facing that trauma and that uh, uh, low self-esteem as a kid mm-hmm. and turning my life around, taking ownership of things and uh, putting my best foot forward in life. And that's what I really want to teach the world around uh, is that, you know, even if you're even if you're not in a good place, there's ways to take steps forward into your bright future. You know, Jeff, one of the things that I'm impressed by, and I said this in the opening of the show People who take the time out to write a book, it's not the easiest thing to do, right? It's not like all of a sudden you got nothing to do. You, you sit there and you say, you know what? I probably should spend hours writing a book, <laughs> right? Most people that, that write a book, especially their very first book or second book, uh, they've got a busy life. They've got things going on. You have a very busy schedule between voiceover and coaching and commercials. And I've, I mean, all you've got all these uh, things happening. What inspired you to do two things? Number one, to share your story with the world. And number two, allocating the time to do that. You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I was always a gifted writer. Throughout life, I thought that I would always write a book at some point in my life, mm-hmm. but I thought it would be fiction. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of like Dean Coons and Stephen King and like adventure thriller novels. And I thought I was going to write, to, you know, some big adventure uh, book at some point in my life. But as you know, time went on, I was uh, inspired a lot by 
uh, uh, motivational material and self-help and self-improvement uh, books like uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Unlimited Power by uh, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by a uh, um, by Covey. Covey. Mm-hmm. And, um, so there are, you know, a lot of inspiration that I took from those books. Um, and you know, it's, it's so funny when you sit down and write a book, you don't realize it, but it's like the best form of therapy. Absolutely. You, you, you get to get out everything and your mind, brother. especially when you're putting the outline in, you're doing the brain dump and you're getting everything out there on on paper. I couldn't pay somebody for that experience of having to being able to just crystallize my thoughts and get it all out there on paper. But how did I find the time to make it happen? It's all about perspective, and mm. it's all about how you uh, prioritize your life. There's a saying that I really hold dear to my heart, and it is something that goes like this. One hour is 4% of your day. If you can just look at it as that small chunk of a chunk of time, you can really say, that's really not that much time. And if I can devote 4% of my day each day to writing this book, I can get it done step by step by step. And it's exactly like running a marathon. Mm. You start with the the start line. Mm. You see the finish line. You know that there's 26 mile markers in between Mm. there. And you just have to go one step at a time. But finding the time, not finding the time, creating the time to do it. If you put that one hour in the morning, like when you wake up, for me, it was like between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. That was right time. Mm. That was writing time. And that was when um, that's when I made it happen. There was no excuses. It, there was no, I'm going to sleep in and skip today. No, this is, this is the time, you know? So and yeah, just that 4% of your day, one hour, you can translate that to all sorts of activities, whether you can't find time to go to the gym, it's only 4% of your day. You know, mm-hmm. you can't find time to, you know, do anything in your life that you want to, um, you know, better yourself to get education or what have you put it in perspective like that. It's very easy to, uh, you know, kind of put into bite-sized chunks in that case. So. You know, you said two two very key things that I want to just piggyback on and then go back uh, and dive back uh, into the book here. But you said that writing a book, and I, I completely agree, writing a book is a form of self-help and therapy, right? Because you're bearing your soul. If it's a book that's about development and your life and your life's journey, you really are bearing your soul. And some of the things that you write about, oftentimes you never spoke about. Very right? true. Very and it true. allows you then to get that junk out of the trunk. <laughs> no, very, very true. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, this, the analogy of a runner, right, 4%, right, is brilliant because it does give you a chance to have these bite-sized morsel uh, components of your day that you can dedicate to writing five pages. Mm-hmm. And then, it is, see, I think the problem with authors is they think they've got to write a book in a week. They've got to write it in a month. Listen, it could take you six months to write the book, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you write five pages a day, you're writing. Absolutely. You're writing. So that's a, a beautiful way to, to, to kind of break down using the analogy of a runner. But there's a chapter in your book that caught my attention. I really love the way you, you wrote it because I have a feeling that it relates to running, and it's the pace makes the race. Absolutely. It's probably one of the most important components of my book. Yeah. Uh, in life in general, uh, it really, you know, anytime that you're pursuing uh, any goal. And in my book, Savage Resilience, I really uh, – you know, use running a marathon as a metaphor for any long-range goal that you're going after, whether it's losing weight, going through college, raising a family, saving money for a down payment on a house. We're all running a marathon in our life, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, metaphorically. And a lot of times what happens, especially with New Year's resolutions, let's use that as an example. 
Um, a lot of people will start off and, uh, you know, say, I'm going to make this massive life change and throw everything they have at it right away. And it's, uh, it's almost like when you're running a race and you sprint from the start line. But you don't realize that this race is, you know, 26 miles long. And if you sprint from the start line, you're going to burn yourself out right mm-hmm. away. You're going to lose that motivation and get tired. You're going to give up and quit. The pace makes the race in that, you know, to go the distance, you have to pace yourself and you have to do it in an even measured pace where you can withstand the rigors and the stresses and the uh, and carrying that burden with you for the long haul. And if you, um, you know, if you run out, if you run out too fast, that's the thing. When when you start running a marathon or like you're not trained and you don't really know the process of running a marathon. A lot of times I would go out too fast at the beginning and I would just get excited and I would be like a jackrabbit leaving the, leaving the start line, not realizing that, oh my goodness, I have 25 more miles to go. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, you know, when you, you have to pace yourself in life. And if you, um, if you look at a long range goal and you break it up into, into, you know, steps, it makes the journey more uh, palpable. It makes it easier to put one foot in front of the other, knowing that, you're at a, you find your stride, you're mm. in a rhythm that mm. uh, you're not necessarily thinking about how much you hurt. You're just thinking like, wow, I'm making serious progress and I'm actually doing this. So where do you find in your observations, not only in your career, um, but also in the, your athletic uh, uh, racing uh, as well, when it comes to resilience, where do you find that people make the mistake or miscalculate their ability to be resilient? Wanting things too quickly and wanting things now mm-hmm. is uh, that instant gratification. Um, same thing with the New Year's resolutions. People like make these massive life changes, you know, on, on January 1st. And I use this example in my book. I say it's it's almost like, you know, you're you're driving a car. And then on January 1st, you decide that, that car is now a boat. It's the car is not going to turn into a boat. Just like <laughs> your life is not going to magically all of a sudden you're partying and you're and you're enjoying your life. And let's just say you're going to quit smoking on January 1st and you just, you know, you're smoking, smoking, smoking. And then January 1st, boom, you're not anymore. It is a hard thing to just go from, you know, zero to 60 in one in one in one one hour, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. And a lot of people want these massive life changes. They want to lose 50 pounds. They want to get buff. They want to um you know better their lives but they don't the work the long haul the the, you know beginning with the end in mind and knowing there's a journey to a lot of people it's like that's the um, that's that's the thing that is hard to swallow and to keep going honestly that's that's the necessity of it Mm -hmm. let me ask you this in our final minute here every runner just like every ambitious person at certain at a certain point they hit the wall you Mm -hmm. write about that in the book indeed let's talk about what has to go through your mind when you're hitting the wall? You realize I'm hitting the wall, but I've got to push through. No one better to speak about that than someone who's gone through. So, won't you share your thoughts about how you wrote that in the book? Oh goodness, it is all 100% about mindset. When your body starts to give up, your mm. mind starts to play tricks on you. And your <laughs> mind is the thing that, that starts telling you, yeah. "It's like, ugh, we got to stop. Ugh, we need to keep. We need to rest. We need to keep going." But honestly, there's some there's some there's some hacks and some tricks that can help you burst through that wall. In life, in general, in running a marathon, if you are facing that adversity, just smile. Wow! By putting a smile on your face, you release these uh, neurotransmitters uh, called endorphins into right, your bloodstream. Right. It's it's a magical thing. I don't know how it happens or why, but it just happens. Also, keep an attitude of gratitude. 
know that everything in your life that's working for you is actually helping you move forward. Wow. Don't focus on the negative things about how much you hurt. Focus on the fact that you are almost there and wow. that you just have to keep one foot in front of the other. That's and, great. Uh, and keep emotional control. Don't be bitter. Find a way to be better. Which is also in your book. Indeed it is. <laughs> hey, where can people find this fantastic work? Uh, you can find me online at jeffsavageonline.com. My book also has a dedicated Instagram page at Savage Resilience, all one word on Instagram. And you can also find me on Instagram and on my athlete page at Jeff Savage Fit. Folks, it's been a pleasure having Jeff Savage here on the show. As you can tell, the guy is polished. I encourage you to pick up his book. It's full of goodies. And I'm, I can tell you something. There's knowledge bombs all over that book that will help you become more resilient or take it to the next level if that's where you need to be. We're going to be right back after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Hi, my name is Joseph Roberts relationship strategist, CEO of God Plus One LLC, and author of my new book, Blessings in the Streets. If you are someone who is struggling to cope with the storms of life that come your way, struggling to establish healthy relationships, or you simply want to do better in optimizing your mental health or overall self-care, then this is the book for you. Get your copy today at BlessingsInTheStreets.com and be sure to visit my website at JosephBRoberts.com to learn more about me and the services I have to offer. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Wrapping up our third and final author spotlight is Denise Castillo, the author of I Don't Want to Die Like This. A Survivor's Guide to Thriving, I love that word, thriving, after a heart attack. And uh, Denise is yet another example of the power of networking. Our our last uh, author was someone that was referred to me through someone that I met at a networking event. So again, listeners, if you are intentional about meeting people, you're going to find great people as a result of networking. So get out there and meet some people. But we're excited to have Denise Castile in studio today to share her thoughts behind the book and the good work. And Denise, who's this lovely person hanging out behind you in studio? We have to give her some props too, you know. Absolutely, Jay. This person is my mom. Everybody knows her as Miss Shirley. Miss Shirley, welcome to the show too. 
All right. So before we dive into the goodness of, of what you do, Denise, people need to know that you are a CPR certified compliance and solutions specialist, and you're the founder of Any Day CPR Training, a very important resources for companies to pursue. Uh, it could save a life. Absolutely. It could save a life. Absolutely. So we're going to dive into that. But before we get into all of the goodness you've got to share, how about you pick up and let us know a little bit of your story? Absolutely. I am born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, but I got to Texas as soon as I could. All right. Um, as I mentioned, Miss Shirley is here and she lives with me in McKinney. We have been in Texas for a little over 11 years. Mm-hmm. I don't have any children, fur or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I used to be a catastrophe adjuster where I climbed roofs and inspected cars for hail damage. Wow. Yeah. I, I soon discovered my love for teaching when I taught college classes as an adjunct faculty. Since then, I've worked for a number of companies in various training capacities. I am the founder and executive director of Fresh Start for Your Heart, a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay. As you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Any Day CPR Training. Mm-hmm. And for fun, I, I've i done a little murder mystery dinner acting. All right. Yes. And I absolutely love to travel, especially by cruise. Miss Shirley and I have been on 20 plus cruises wow. to date. Yes. You should write a book on that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we certainly could. And I, fun fact, I used to be a flight attendant. Wow. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> and on my someday list is I'd like to do a stand up comedy routine, not ongoing, but just at least one time. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I'm a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta sorority. All right. Well, that's a that's a huge resume full of all sorts of experiences. And I always tell people, if you're going to build if you're going to be here in this life, you better work on having a robust resume. And you've got a robust resume, and your book is yet another example of that. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book. Jay, I have I've always wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. And there were really two things that really propelled me. The first, I was invited to participate in a 30-day writing challenge in the summer of 2020. Okay. So that was one thing. And after the 30 days of writing every day, I was inspired and motivated to keep writing. Mm. So that was one thing. And the other, I'm a Toastmaster, and Toastmasters works by you give a speech, you get evaluated. Well, I gave a speech about my heart event, and my evaluator was, big shout out to MJ Presley. He called me after he gave me my evaluation, and he said, I think you should write a book about your heart story. And from there... It just kind of took off from there. Mm. You know, and I want to thank Miss Shirley because when you and I were having a a follow-up to our networking event that, yes. that we met, it was Miss Shirley at the very end that said, uh, talk about the book, right? Miss Shirley was the one that had brought up the fact that you have a book, and she I'm so did. glad that she did because here we are. Uh, and I, I believe that, you know, there's no such thing as uh, things that happen by chance. It's all by divine scheduling. And there'll be somebody who's going to read your book uh, that's going to have a life-changing experience as a result of, so. uh, of it. But let's talk about the title. It's an interesting title. Sometimes titles reveal 
what is uh, the experience the author had or the messaging. And you cannot question where did I don't want to die like this come from? The title came from it's it's what I said. It's what I prayed uh, on July 2nd. On July 2nd, I, I waited for the paramedics to get to me. And I thought I believed I was dying. Mm-hmm. I thought I was slipping away. Mm-hmm. And I prayed silently to myself, God, please don't let me die like this. And the this was by myself, mm-hmm. without my family, not mm-hmm. being able to to give them that, you know, I love you. You mean this to me. And, you know, to make more of an impact. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to die like that. So when you say a survivor, a survivor's guide to thriving after a heart attack, so that's, uh, and based on what you just shared, um, is it okay to, to presume that it was a heart attack that you had? It Yes, absolutely. Okay. I had a widow-maker heart attack. Okay. So it was how long ago? Because you mentioned July 2nd. How long ago did that happen? It was July 2nd of 2015. Okay. So you had a heart attack? I did. At an early age? I did. And you thought this was it? I, I thought I was leaving. Yeah. You thought that was it. You were checking out. Yes. Right. Yes. You were getting your, you were putting things away and it, checking out. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so to walk us through that, because that's a, what I call in, in, in life, we have watershed moments. Mm-hmm. They change our perspectives. They change our lives. We don't ever go back to who we were before that. Right. We modify, we adjust and we amend who we are from that moment forward. How did that experience change your life and and how does that uh, transcribed in the book it it changed my life in that i i realized that hey i'm still here so there's purpose there's something else that i need to be doing and i talk about this in the book that miss shirley my mom always is a give you the cup by the handle you know, if there's something that you want to do, if there's something that you want to achieve, what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. And at that point, with this new, you know, lease on life, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I, I've, there's some things I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to start my own business. So there are some things that I wanted to do. And the heart attack gave me a reason to do that. What were you doing back then? Back then, I was a corporate advisor for a franchisor. Okay. Yeah. So I was traveling a lot and it wasn't, it wasn't even training. So I wasn't being really fulfilled in my role. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of something to do. I got a chance to travel and I wasn't being fulfilled. So the person who is interested in reading this book, what is the lesson they're going to learn? What's the message they're going to walk away with when it's all said and done and they put the book down? I want readers who who read this book, I want them to walk away with a couple things. One, the understanding that it is our responsibility to educate ourselves when it comes to uh, symptoms that we might be experiencing, a diagnosis that we may have gotten. I talk about it in the book that I expected my primary care physician and cardiologist who I came in contact with to educate me and tell me that, oh, you've got this option or you have this option. It would have been great if they had done that, but they didn't. Mm. So number one, it's our responsibility ultimately to educate ourselves. The next thing is about advocacy, advocating for ourselves and advocating that 
It might be as simple as asking a doctor a question. A doctor may say, you have PBC. Well, what is PBC? Tell me what that is. Mm -hmm. And that's as simple as it could be. Or it may be something as drastic or as bold as saying, you know, I think I need a second opinion. That's advocating. And then I think the last thing I, I want people to take away is here are some steps that you can take to to thrive after having a heart event. You know, one of the things that you said that's important there, I can summarize as personal care requires personal responsibility. It does. Right? I mean, you can go to your personal doctor, but he's not going to take the care that you need to take care because it's your life. It's your responsibility. Absolutely. Right? So in the book, you talk about time for an oil change. I'm interested in hearing about that. Yes, time for an oil change. In the past, I have been that person, unless it just really just kind of knocks me in the head, I I don't necessarily go for it. So I know I've got the little sticker up there telling me it's time to do, it's time to get your oil change. But until the light starts coming on, I used to be that way where I would wait until the very last minute and that's that's kind of how I, I relate my my whole heart journey that there the symptoms were there. Mm. The symptoms were there. Mm. I needed to take some responsibility and and check in. And when I didn't get a good response, then I needed to go for a second opinion. But but like we need to change our oil when it's time. The same thing with our bodies. When it's time for you to get a checkup, you need to get that done. You know, one of the things that I tell people all the time is exactly what you just shared in your your very special way is that if you don't pay attention to the indications and to the warning signs, it's like your car. If your car, the warning sign comes up on your car, the red light comes up on your car, and you just keep driving and driving and driving and driving. When the car breaks down, you got nobody to blame but yourself. And that, I mean, I, I preach that and teach that in the financial world. You know, uh, because sometimes people find themselves in financial chaos when the warning signs were there all along. Absolutely. Right. So in our final minute here, give me a takeaway that someone who reads your book can implement immediately if they're going to have a breakthrough in 2023. If they are going to have a breakthrough in 2023, a takeaway is taking the cup by the handle. And taking the cup by the handle means... Determine what it is that you want to do Mm -hmm. and start doing it. Write it down. Um, It's achievable. It could be done. Write it down and make it happen. Take the cup by the handle. Well, you certainly did by writing a book. Not the easiest thing to do. You're a busy woman, got a lot of things going on. You, Miss Shirley, got a lot of things. You're growing your company any day, CPR. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to write a book and share your your story with the world um, is taking a cup by the handle. Where can people buy the book? People can certainly go to Amazon and buy the book. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, wherever, I guess you can get books. Right. So, any site, any books I can get it. Site. Well, the name of the book is I Don't Want to Die Like This. Denise Castillo, she's the author. Appreciate you and Miss Shirley being in studio today. Thank you. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic Thrive Minded content show. We're looking forward to having you come back next week. Until then, keep thriving.